I'm Isaiah Hollis. I'm the lead pastor here at The Power Place. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by his spirit and his word so that you can go and engage with your world. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. It's what we do here in Kennett Square that is contagious to our region. Amen? Amen. We're expanding right now. God is doing incredible things um, because I believe that over 19 years ago when he called us here, that he strategically knew that someday we'd be here and that he'd want us to take over the next space so we'd have 30,000 square feet. And just like that, the year of supernatural suddenlies, we are in it. Man, from one day not being available to the next, it's open. Listen, if you're new with us today, we, we, we have these two spaces and we're, we've been praying, God, expand us, expand us. In the year of expansion, last year was the year of expansion, and we started praying. We started uh, prophesying over things that were, were to come. We started laying hands on that building. And what do you know? God's opened up the door for more. For more. We don't look at things as, they, as though they are, but we look at them as though what they can be. God has called us here to, to take steps and to walk because every foot our place shall tread is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I shared last week on the announcements, but over in that space, our, our pastoral staff, we were over there praying. Uh, uh, once, once it became available, I said, hey, can we get a key? Can we get in there and pray? You know, papers weren't signed yet, but we were like, hey, we got to get in there and pray. And so we started to walk around the space and just feel the confirmation of the Spirit. And, and, and I got to one spot at the back of our new sanctuary. At the time, it wasn't our new sanctuary, but now I can say at the back of our new sanctuary, I got to the back of it, and I, 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 the Lord closed me into a vision. And I could see the room, and the room was full of people. It was from wall to wall full of people. But I felt something more press into my spirit in the vision, and it was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was actually the most important thing in the room. And when that was the key in my vision, I knew that that was land that would be ours. And so God just started prompting my spirit, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is it. This is where we're headed. And then, and, then, and then sitting down with our landlord and starting talking through logistics and all that stuff, and it's like, we're doing it. Like, like, there's no turning back. We're going forward, and I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I don't know what I'm doing with the build. I don't know. I barely know how to swing a hammer, but I'm so excited. I was in there just driving around the golf cart this morning just to drive around because I could. Just because I could. Oh, what God's doing. So let me give you just a, a quick little picture. This room will now turn into our kids and youth. So Sunday mornings, this is where our, our kids will, will meet from 6 to 12 years old. They'll be in this room. Why? Because have you been in their room on a Sunday morning? You need more Jesus because it's so small. And so, so we've crammed them in, and everybody takes turns in the gymnasium, but you know, you, you got to take turns, and so when they have to go in there, and, and it's just too much, and so we're going to make this into a kids and youth center with games all around, and chairs all around, and partying all around, and hey, and then that's going to give us the availability to take Pastor Jeremy's room, cut it in half so we can put more classrooms in, because y'all keep having babies, 
that's going to give us more classrooms for Power Place Academy because this year already we have 100% return plus five students. God's doing it already. He said, hey, start a school. So we started a school out of obedience and now we're on the other side of obedience doing our obedience dance like this. It's that. We had no idea how to start a school. No idea. Say unqualified, the arrow goes to this guy. If you look up the word unqualified in the dictionary, my name is listed underneath it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. God does. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's like, I can take you and I can use you. So if you're sitting in your seat this morning and you've disqualified yourself from this thing we call Christianity in a relationship with him, you're crazy because he wants to use you. This is a relationship. Ah, no religion, relationship. Don't launch your religion. Start a relationship. Let's get in. Yeah, man, get intimate with the Father. He wants to be intimate with you. So that, that is our plan. We're going to be able to take this space, and then when we grow through, we'll bust through at the gym. Uh, on the other side of the gym, you'll be able to bust through into our new foyer. We'll have some offices, some sanctuary. New sanctuary can probably sit around 700 people. Mm. <laughs> Why? Because growth matters to God. You know, it matters to him. It matters to him. Well, you just want more people. No, actually, the first thing I did when I took over is I got rid of counting. We don't know how many people are in the room. Because when we sit down at staff meeting, it's not, hey, how many people do we have on Sunday? It's, was he there? I don't know how many are here today. It looks like a pretty full room. <laughs> There's a few people there today. Was he there? It's the only question that actually matters. Was God there? Did he want to be there? Was he pleased? That's, that's where we sit. That's where our heart posture is. Lord, do you even want to be in this house? Because if we're building it for us, we're building it for the wrong reason. We are building it only for you. And because of that, it will prosper. It cannot fail. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He wants to use you this morning. He wants to use you this morning. We have three unique characteristics about our house. Number one, we are a presence-driven church. We're presence-driven. All we care about is his presence. That's what drives us. Number two, we choose to be generous in everything. And that's why God continues to pour out. That's why he continues to pour out over and over and over and over again. And then thirdly, we choose bold, untamed faith. Bold, untamed faith. We say, if you supply it, we're going to take it. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to take ground for you. Do you know all the process? No, I don't know all the process, but we're going, to, we're going to take ground. We're going to get it done for his kingdom. And God is going to grow this house in depth and width. Amen. Amen. I mean, I want to talk to you this morning about a sensitivity to his voice. Sensitivity to his voice, being sensitive to the father's voice, knowing when it's him. You know, that's, that's a big question I, uh, I get a lot. How, how do you know it's him? How do you know it's him? How, do, how, how am I supposed to know that it's him? What if it's me? What, what, what if I make a bad call and it's me? My, my main response to people most of the time is, you know, I always just say, I'm not that smart 
So if I get a prompting from God, I, I know it's him because I'm not that smart to figure that out. God has your best interest in mind and he wants to work with you and walk with you. And being in his presence gets you familiar with his voice. Being in his presence gets you familiar with his voice. I placed a call uh, to someone uh, two weeks ago, and I hadn't talked to this person in forever. And if I'm being honest, we don't have that deep of a relationship. We just, you know, talked here and there. And, 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 and back in the day, I, we, I used to tell him Bible stories, and it was kind of one of those things. And I called him the other day, and when, I, when, when he picked up, he goes, hello. I said, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, hey, Isaiah, how are you? I was like, this is your work, work number. You don't even have my number. How do you, how do you know it's me? What, what? He knew my voice. He knew my voice. He knew my voice. <laughs> when you have a relationship with the father, you know his voice. You know his voice, and nobody and nothing can shake you from hearing it and obeying it. Somebody steps in like, ah, man, I don't know. That seems like a pretty bold move. Have you looked at your finances lately? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I heard from the Father. Nothing holds me back. I, I, I heard from the Father. No, no persons are going to ruin my obedience. Because I'm sensitive to his voice. I'm sensitive to his presence. And when he's in the room, I know it. I can feel it. And that's why it's the most important thing in this house. We say, Lord, do you want to be here? Or is this an environment that we've created that you want to be in? We lay it all down at your feet. A sacrifice of praise. Because we're sensitive to his voice. I heard a sermon a while ago by Pastor Bill Johnson. When he compared being aware of God's presence to carrying a dove perched on your shoulder. Every movement made and word spoken affects the dove, creating an environment that is either welcoming or disturbing. In the same way, since the Holy Spirit lives in us, it is our responsibility to live in a way that honors and respects his presence. Scripture tells us not to grieve him and to be holy as he is holy. I want you to take a second and, and, and think through your life. Do you live a life that the dove of the Holy Spirit can rest on your shoulder? Or do you live a life that's kind of bumpy all over the place? And the dove's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I go, whoa, hey, I got to take flight for a second. What kind of life do you live? Are you living a life that he wants to stay perched because you're walking led by the Holy Spirit and you're not up and down emotional and all that? And I don't know what you're going to get. You never know what walks out of the bedroom. Is it going to be a good attitude, a bad attitude all over the place or calm? What are you going to get today? Can the Holy Spirit rest on your shoulder and stay present through every moment? Or do you have some areas in your life that get shaky? I would say being sensitive to his voice starts by understanding that he's with you 24-7. Not just here on a Sunday morning from 9.30 to who knows anymore, maybe 2 in the afternoon. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Lost track of services. Knowing that he's not just here, but he's with you wherever you go. When you step out of these doors back into the woke agenda of America, 
and all the confusion of the world and everybody trying to, to get some wisdom. Oh, man, I don't know. 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 He knows. He knows. You can build the most grand buildings and the most beautiful things. If he's not there, you're dead meat. You got no future. You got no nothing. Being sensitive to him, knowing that he's with you everywhere you go, when you get in your car. That's why the music you listen to in your car is so important. Ooh, pulled up behind somebody this week and they had all four windows down there listening to talk radio. I was like, oh, why? Why? I don't understand why. And I just turned my music up. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus is the king. You know, it's like, done, man. Drown it out. I got clarity. You got confusion. It's choices. It's choices. Well, how do I get to being sensitive? Oh, it's choices. It's little choices. It's big choices. It's everything. It's everything. How do you wake up? What are your first moments? Do you wake up in chaos or do you wake up in peace? That was a prayer last year that was so heavy in my spirit to pray over many people was that their rest at night, their, their blankets on their bed would become blankets of peace. Because last year it was like anxiety was at an all time high. I just felt the Lord like, hey, let their, let their beds be beds of peace. But what brings that about? Being intentional in his presence. Because I didn't just say, hey, your, your sheets are going to be sheets of peace. It's going to be great. No, no, no. I said, before you go to bed, get down on your knees, and I want you to lay your hands on your sheets, and I want you to pray over them. Lord, I pray that as I lay down in this bed tonight, peace would cover me. There's an action. And then from that, God starts to do things. He starts to move. And now all of a sudden, you are sensitive to his presence because of a movement that you made. In Ephesians 4, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, 24-7. Right there's your proof. That's what you needed. Write it down. There you go. He is always wanting to be with you because he is all. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 9, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who is descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Woo! Verse 13, back up. 
until we all reach unity in the faith. Unity in the faith. We're going to the same location. We're walking the same journey. We're going to become unified here so that he can be glorified there. You ever walk into a house that's disunified? It's gross. It's awful. It's the worst. You can feel, you can feel the disunity in the room. It's like, I don't know if I want to be here. Think about it. When the church gets disunified in pockets, Holy Spirit walks in. He's like, whoa, what is going on? My word is all about unity, all about together, worshiping. Let's go. And now I feel like these pockets. I'm not gossiping. I'm just talking about people. I'm helping the situation by bringing clarity on who they really are. That's my job. I'm a clarity giver. The Lord told me, you are not sensitive to his voice. Because he wouldn't tell you that. That's why we lean into hard conversations here. We do real. It's one of our values. We value real. We lean into hard conversations because we believe that intentional hard conversations lead to health. So if we can have a conversation and get over this, you don't have to go tell Peter, Paul, and Jimmy. And now, sorry, Jim. And now, now we're in a place where unity reigns. And when unity reigns, ooh, 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 you can feel it in the room. It's like walking into a house that's in unity. It's like, oh, what's for dinner? We got steak. It's going to be great. (laughs) I'm so glad I came. I love the unity in this house. It's great. Where's your children? Mary Poppins' children just come walking in the room. It's like, great. Got an umbrella. Everybody's in unity. This is great. It's huge. Changes everything. Why? Because it's biblical. It's biblical. And this is where a lot of people get offended because Bible is offensive. <laughs> it just is. Uh, daily, I got to choose. I got to choose not to be offended, but be corrected. Oh, man, I got to choose to be corrected, not offended. Because the moment that I read the word and it's like, whoa, that challenges me. I have an option there. Am I going to apply it or run from it? Because you cannot, you cannot take the word and pick and choose what you want and only apply what you think you need. You need the whole world, the whole word. The whole world needs you to get the whole word. Let's, let's go there. Because when you don't, there's areas of your life. I don't want to be around you when you're in those areas. Because it's like, whoa, I thought you were like a Jesus follower or something, but now I'm feeling a resistance. Yes, because you're not in unity with him, so how can you be in unity with me? You can't find unity with people of Christ when you are not in unity with him. No, 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 no. Verse 14. Ooh, I love this verse. So good. This is, I I, I titled it, the step on toes verse. Then we will no longer be infants. 
tossed back and forth by the waves of CNN and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful scheming. And all those woke pastors, but they preach truth. It's Bible, isn't it? No. Read your word and figure it out. Read your word and know. Read your word and know that when you hear something false, it's an immediate rise up in your spirit. And it's like, that's not right. Oh, I've done too much time with the Father to know that's not genuine. Ah, there's no unity in that. I feel it in my spirit. I got this sick feeling. I'm, I'm getting this like overwhelming heat right now. I don't know what's up. It's the Father, and he's telling you what you're hearing is false. But everybody's put those things down because we just want a world full of love. We just want to love everybody. Hey, love them all. Love them all. But don't follow them. Don't follow them. Don't let the talk around your kitchen table be, be talking about, man, what do you think? Oh, man, I'm trying to figure it out myself. What are you trying to figure out? It's all right here. It's all in the Bible. It's really clear. Clarity. Don't be an infant walking around with a wet, saggy diaper. That's Bible. Half of it is Bible. Half. You ever seen a child run around the saggy diaper? They're like, they're trying to adjust for it. You know, you got you to gotta adjust for it. You ever seen Christians walk into church like this? Oh, I got, I got, I got loads in my pants. You're, 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 you're literally, you're trying to fool people. We got your number. We can see it from a distance. You walk in like this. You, we pray for wisdom and discernment. You think we can't see right through it? Nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. It's been a week, but I'm good. You've been slacking off of daily encounters for a week. What you been doing, son? Oh man, I found it. It was I found clarity on Facebook. It's good. No, you did it. You're walking around with the saggy diaper, and we got your number. Oh, I love it. Then we will no longer be infants. When I find Christ, I no longer have to be a baby. I no longer have to walk into church and walk out hurt. Uh, he said it, and it was directly at me. I know he created that sermon around me. You ain't that important. He gives it to me, and I give it to you. <laughs> I want to please the Father. So when I go before him and say, Lord, what are you speaking? Download it in my spirit, and that's what you get. That's what you get. I don't got hidden names on every verse of the church. This one's going to hit Tim, and this one's going to hit Joe, and this one's... No, man. God put this in here strategically. This is God-breathed. Mm. This is God-breathed so that you could read it and be like, oh, that hurts a little bit. I need to either be corrected, or I'm going to get offended and leave. And there ain't no church that's going to make you happy. And if it is a church that's going to make you happy, you shouldn't be there. That's cold church. That's cold church. Churches aren't even lukewarm anymore. It's really sad. They're getting cold. Oh, it's sad. We've deleted the Holy Spirit. We have deleted speaking in tongues. Don't even go there. You're just adding confusion. What? Wait, wait, what? No, 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 no. We're going to lean into that. That's Bible. So we say, Lord, speak. <laughs> Lord, speak. 
Oh, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to be tuned in. God, speak. I'm sensitive to your voice. I'm sensitive to your presence. I can feel you in the room. Lord, I haven't heard you yet, but I can feel you in the room. Speak, Lord. I'm tuning my ears to you. And as I tune my... Ooh, there. Oh, I hear you. Lord, oh, I feel you prompting in my spirit. Oh, God, I'm going to move. I'm going to move now because I feel a prompting. And then obedience happens and whoa! We overcomplicate it. We overcomplicate it. Well, is that me? Is it you? Is it me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. He said, listen, and I should listen. God, what are you, what are you speaking today? Lord, do you love me? Are you pleased? God, your servant before you, speak. I just want you. I just, I just want you. Still small voice. Prompt your spirit. Read verse 14 again because I just love it. I could go beyond it, but I love it. <laughs> then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love. Church, know that I love you. I love you so much that I'm willing to do this for you. I want you to get the truth. I want you to get half truth. I don't want you to get a dumbed down truth so that you're happy at the end of the day and you can walk home feeling, oh, this gr-. Church, I want you to grow. Growth is a necessity in a relationship with Jesus. It is a necessity. A necessity. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Verse 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Some of you have ran into those people at church. They've had a hardened heart, and now you're starting to talk to them, and and you're feeling this, oh, it's a Gentile spirit. There's a hardened heart there, this this, this coming and combating against, and I can tell you there's hurt because hardened hearts come from hurt. When you actually start to peel back layers, it's like, wait, what's the real cause here? Because I know it's not him. So who hurt you? What hurt you? God starts to peel back layers. Starts to peel back layers. The hardening of their hearts. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Mm. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. (laughs) When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught 
with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, church, I told you I long for a church that longs for holiness. That's it. That's it. We long for holiness. We put off all of the old, deceitful, disgusting ways. We put them off and we don't look back, but we walk forward and we say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm there. That's what I want. I want obedience. I want to follow you. I want to listen to you. I love you. So since I love you, I'm going to obey you, said every good parent in the room. Don't stop parenting your children, parents. Don't stop parenting your children. They need us more now than ever. Bring clarity. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are so angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Ooh, that's why we say it all the time. Stay away from even the appearance of evil. Don't get near that stuff. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him a centimeter. What's smaller than a centimeter? I don't know. But whatever's smaller than a centimeter, don't give him that. And then whatever's smaller than that, give him that. I'm doing the construction, so pray. It's not going to be the Holy Spirit on the stage. It's going to be leaning. I'm going to be like, whoa, hey, you check it. Anyways. Sorry. (laughs) Verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. It's just a change of everything. Oh, I can't change that fast. You have to. It's easy. Because in his presence, it's easy to change. Yeah, but I've always been this way. I know. And tomorrow you can be different. You can change today and wake up tomorrow different. Ooh. Ooh, I've watched it happen. I've had, I've had different kinds of people in my life. I've had some come to me and say, this is a habit I've dealt with my entire life and I cannot break it. And then I've had other people come to me and say, I, I stopped cold turkey because God gave me strength and I've never picked it up since. If you're struggling with addiction today, give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Say, God... Take this and throw it as far as the east is from the west because I don't want it again. And then drive daily into his presence and watch him deliver you. Daily you can be delivered. Watch, watch God work as he comes in and does what you cannot do. Anyone who has been stealing must no longer, must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Oh, so good. You know, the way of a child, I take myself back to my childhood. I was the best child. We we created the the line over in the Power Place Academy, first time obedience, because of my childhood life. Like It came from from me being a child and so good and listening. Uh, No, the soap was empty on a daily in my mouth. It was awful. I still have the taste of soap in my mouth. You know, it's funny because you read the word of God and, 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 you know, you see stories in the word of God and, and then you apply them to your life and you're like, man, you know, that was Bible times. This is now. So that can't really apply to me. Right. I mean, there's, there's no possible way that wouldn't, that's what he intended it for. He intended for you to read it and it starts to work in your spirit. And as a child, I, I would do things to people and then expect them not to do anything back to me. Like the one time we pulled into a campgrounds, we traveled full time as a, as a family on the road, Partridge family style. We had a 40 foot rig and pulled it with a semi and you know, we were just that family. We'd pull into town and people would come knocking. Is this a circus? We're like, I mean, I don't think so. Um, and so, so we were, we pulled into a campgrounds and, and they had a basketball court there and, and I was walking up to the basketball court and there was this guy playing basketball and, and he was lighting a cigarette. And so simply I just said, smoking's for losers. <laughs> what a great kid. I was, I was practicing my deliverance ministry. He turned around and he said, what'd you say? I immediately turned to the closest person to me and I was like, he said it. I didn't know what else to do. It was a knee jerk reaction. I don't know. I was like, he said it. And he came over and we had a, you know, he, he, he just wanted to talk, I guess, you know, he just got real close and we, you know, we had a nice, nice conversation. And I learned something that day that, that you can't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. And then I remember another day we were in a camper. We, we, lived, we lived in trailer parks a lot, okay? It was just like my growing up. This, this is what I did. We were, we were the trailer park kings, okay? So we, we, we were at another trailer park, and there was this kid riding his bike, and, and he kept bullying me. And so uh, this, this last time he came up, and man, he was just running his mouth at me, and he was threatening to beat me up. And then my dad came out of the door, and he's like, what's going on? I was like, you don't want to mess with the mullets. I would guess that you'd want to run now. So my dad comes over and he grabs the kid's bike and he puts the kid's bike between his legs and he's like, I'm going to ask you right now not to mess with my son again. You know, the kid's like. And then at that moment, the kid, you know, rode off and I was like, man, thanks, dad. We got him. You know, we just, we demolished that kid. That was great. I learned something that day that a source bigger than me helps me defend things from me. Some of you have been battling things by yourself Some of you have been battling things by yourself and you've gotten yourself so off track that you don't know how to get back on track. Sensitivity to his voice is everything. When you hear him and you know him, you've got it all figured out because of him. Even when you don't have it figured out, he does for you. Oh, he's so good. He is so good. And it's what he does. It's what he does. I was at youth camp. 
and it was my first year ever, and I was scared. I was a scared child, okay? I, I don't know how I'm up here because I was, I was terrified. I was terrified. I went to youth camp. I, 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 I was scared, mindless, and, and then all the kids in the room, it was my first year by myself, no parents, no, no siblings, no nothing, and I walked in, and they were like, we're going to give you a swirly tonight. <laughs> At that moment, fear struck my body. See, what they didn't know is that my dad had parked his camper down at the end of the, the campground. So it was great. So I ran to my dad, because that's what I did. I said, Dad, help. They're going to give me a swirly through tears. You know, I'm bawling my eyes out. And my dad, my dad was a certain way, okay? He still is, but not what he was, okay? My dad was a certain way. Like, you got him, and he was like, we're done. He'd grab my hand, and then we'd march. And you don't say anything in the march. It's quiet. It's a quiet march, okay? We, we don't talk. We just... We just march. So he's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, okay, you know, so, okay. Don't say anything. Don't break his confidence. Don't break his mind. We're just gonna, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. We get to the room, and he opens up the door of, of the, 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 the room, and, and all the kids are in there, and they've all got pillows in their hands. And he's like, who told my son they were going to put him in a swirly? They give him a swirly in the toilet. Well, everybody's like. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like this. He's like, I don't want to see any of that tonight, okay? My son's going to go to bed, and it's going to be good. He leaves, and I sat in my bed like the big nerd that I was, and I'm like, <laughs> nobody can get me tonight. <laughs> it's going to be great. But guess what? A bigger source helped me to walk through something, a little struggle. It was, it was a struggle in my life. Guess what? God wants to do the same thing for you. He wants to see you stop struggling. He wants to help you. You don't have to take things on by yourself. Get sensitivity to his voice or get Greg Hollis. Well, you have two options. You can get Pastor Greg in your corner. Call him up. Hey, this happened. Can you come? He'll be on it. On it. Flying down Highway 1. You all know his car. You know his car. Every cop in town knows his car. They know. Here comes PJ. You want to hear God's voice? Worship team, you can come join me, please. You want to hear God's voice? You get in his presence. Oh, you get in his presence. I lived in my dad's presence. And I was like, dad, I need you for everything, for, for everything. Still, I'm like, dad, can you just take back over the church? You good? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I need you for everything. Dad, I need you for everything. And, and guess what? That's how the father wants to be looked at. God, I need you for everything, every decision that I make. Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm walking into a day of work. You know what I'm getting ready to walk into. God, I need to be sensitive to you today. And so, God, I open myself up and I say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. Speak to me, God. As, as I'm driving to work, Lord, speak to me. Start to stir in my spirit something. Lord, you know that Jan is ticking me off. So, God, you better give me something for Jan. I need something for Jan. I don't know why Jan, but Jan. Now you just... All of a sudden, on your drive, God starts to soften your heart. Ooh, starts to speak to you, and you start to feel it. But see, it's that intentional leaning to say, Lord, you know my struggles. Ooh, you know where I'm at, God. You know my mind. You know my heart, God. My heart is to please you, so Lord, please speak. And then you watch him speak. Whew. Watch him speak. You get into his presence. You say, Lord, I just want more of you. I just, I just want all of you. I just want to please you. Whew. Hebrews 4. Verse 12, it says, for the word of God is living and active. Ooh, that's for today. That's for today. That's not for Bible time. That's for today. That, that was a continuation. Ooh, for the word of God is living and active, 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Ooh, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to hear God's voice? John 10.27. My sheep, listen to my voice. My sheep, listen to my voice. Notice who he put the weight on. My sheep, listen to my voice. They tune their ears to me. It's a choice that we have. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they Follow me. I know them and they choose to follow me. My sheep listen to my voice and they choose to follow me. It's a choice, church. If you want to hear his voice, you're going to have to start leaning in to his presence saying, God, I want you. I want to be sensitive to you. Acts 2.17, you can stand with me. I end here. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 